Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. What's up, everybody? Good Sunday night. Glad to see you. A lot to talk about. Baseball weekend, obviously going to be the forefront of the conversation. Ole Miss got tested. No doubt they got tested by UCF. Seemingly uh, past that test, though. Uh, winning two of three. Uh, although Saturday, you know, what, three hits in 12 innings. We'll talk about all that. Mississippi State looks like the offense comes back in game one. And it turns out uh, bullpen pitching staff is an issue. And then, of course, there's the thing about Landon Sims. So we'll talk about all that. Maybe if there's time, get into the fact that Major League Baseball is banning the shift. That's going to happen. We'll talk about all that and more. My name is Michael Borky. I'm really glad to see you guys. Just give me one second here while uh, while I share the show, and we'll get started with you. I've also been trying to keep up with the Pelicans game and Uh, That just hit halftime, so I won't be distracted by that. But anyway, give me one second here, and uh, we'll get started. Ole Miss getting tested. Passing the test, I should say. That sounds better, right? Passing the test. MSU losing series and more right now. In here, there you go. There's a tweet. So let's get started. Uh, by the way, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment. I would love for you guys to be a part of this. So if you are watching on Twitter, you cannot comment. I know it's uh, it's a little silly. I have gotten multiple DMs about it. I don't know why. There's nothing that uh, that I can do about it. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, hop on over to YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube. Or Facebook, find me there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, like the video as well while you're here. Hit the notification bell so you know when I go live or post something new. I did a short this weekend. Uh, I think some of you guys saw that. I thought it was kind of funny. I did one for uh, for State as well. And, um, and yeah, so follow me there. Subscribe there. And let's get started. Latest on Mississippi State's pitcher on Friday. I have not seen anything definitive uh, about Landon Sims. I have not. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people immediately speculated because of the nature of the injury and, and how he he acted afterwards. And then it was, I think, reported on the broadcast that I think the broadcast today said that he felt or heard a pop when he threw that pitch and uh, everybody's mind went straight to to UCL. I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. I hate to speculate, uh, but I will just add, uh, if that is in fact what it is, um, as you guys know, I mean, this isn't anything groundbreaking or anything. As you know, if it is UCL, if he does require Tommy John, that is not a career ender or even a setbacker 
like it used to be. I mean, the expectation would be he would return to his elite level form uh, post-surgery because that's what people are doing now. So if that is, and I'm not saying it is, I don't know, but if that is in fact what has gone down with uh, with Landon Sims, you hope it's not. Um, because, I mean, it, <laughs> he showed you in game one, he showed you Friday night, that dude is elite. Uh, I mean, I love the way he works, too, with how, how fast he works. I mean, there's no waste of time with Landon Sims on the mound. It's pitch thrown, get the ball back, I'm ready, pitch thrown, get the ball back. It, it, I love the way he works and, and the way he pitches, and uh, you just you hope it's not what it looked like. Um, I assume we'll get more answers here soon, although, you know, State tends to keep injuries more under wraps. Than, than other programs do. That's not a criticism. It's just kind of how they've operated. So maybe we will, maybe we won't. Uh, but no, it, it didn't look good. And you hope it's not what it looked like. But for whatever it's worth to you, what for whatever it's worth, uh, his baseball future is still absolutely intact. And then some, he will be absolutely fine. That's uh, that's just kind of how this thing goes now. It's a completely different story. So anyway, good uh Hopefully, good news for him is uh, is coming because that um, that didn't look good. I've got to show you guys this. Uh, look, look at this half court shot that uh, Brandon. Oh my gosh, I've got to show this to you guys. This is unbelievable. Um, completely off topic. I don't care. You guys have to see this. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is Brandon. This is my guy, Brandon Ingram. Look at this half court oh, shot. Oh my god. Just Oh, I'm going to get flagged. Oh, I just got to mute that. Look at look at how casual this is. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's go. Oh, that's cool. Um if y'all heard that audio, I'm probably going to get copyright flagged. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, hopefully Landon Sims is okay. That's uh, that's the thing with State now is not only does it appear that they have bullpen issues, uh, giving up a big lead on Saturday, you know, five runs on a Sunday isn't a whole lot, but not great in the bullpen this weekend and really all season. And now you might be without Landon Sims. That's uh, seems like the the hitting got better, but now you've got this issue. Uh, so, you know, you just, you hope he's okay. You hope he's okay. Cause that didn't look good. And he's a hell of a, he's a hell of a player. So Ramsey says great early test for the rebels this weekend. Central Florida will be a tough two seed somewhere this season in the tournament. I was very impressed with John Gaddis Saturday. Any news on Kevin Graham? Um, it was a good test that that was not the best team they'll play. And, and that's fine. It didn't have to be, but that was the first time that Ole Miss was tested this season. Cause UCF definite upgrade, and talent, and it was on the road as well. So definitely the the best team they've played this year so far. Definitely the best team they've played on the road. And then you got punched in the mouth in a couple of different ways. So on Friday, Derek Diamond doesn't have a good outing. I think that um, I think Ole Miss should consider making some changes in the rotation at at the least in the order in which they appear. But I I think. Uh, some other guys have shown you that they might be better suited for that role than than the current spot, but we'll see. Um, either way, they got punched in the mouth on Friday, came back, won the game. 
So they got popped in the mouth. They were down, what was it, six to three, hit a bunch of home runs and ended up winning the game. Tight game, got tested. First time this year they responded. And then Saturday they have the worst offensive game they've had in in years. I mean, three hits in 12 innings. I, I can't imagine they've had a worse offensive game than that. And then they turn around on Sunday and start mashing the baseball again. So it was a test based on location, test on competition. Uh, they got punched in the mouth a couple of times and, and responded well offensively. And yeah, John Gaddis was exceptional. He needs to be pitching on Friday nights, I think. And uh, the bullpen is uh, objectively good. Now, it's a lot of young arms, and so you're going to have some growing pains at points during the season, but you see that the stuff is there. And to Memphis Rebels' point, is it too good to, too soon to call the old Miss bullpen good, in air quotes? And no, I don't think so. Uh, it is good. It's objectively good. I, I do think, though, that the earlier the better with giving some guys weekend looks uh, because starting pitching as it currently sits with Ole Miss is not going to win high-level baseball games. That's just my opinion. I, I know I got pushback on that during the week when I said the same thing. We have to look at this team in a different prism. Just like I said last week, I, I could sit here and say, yeah, great weekend. Everything awesome. Ole Miss is awesome. This is this is great. They're the best. Nothing can – you can take nothing but good things away, and everything's awesome. Like, I could do that. I could, and I think more people would appreciate it, honestly, if I did that. But that's not what I see because the expectations are this team is supposed to win championships, right? And they've got an offense that can take you as far as you can go. They have an offense that can take you anywhere, all the way to Omaha, the final game in the College World Series. The offense can take you there. And I think you've seen that you've got a bullpen that possibly could take you there. I don't think starting pitching is good enough right now for them to win championships, which is the prism in which people want to talk about this team in. I think changes need to be made at, at some point. Gaddis needs to be pitching on Friday, and I think – uh, Elliot needs a shot. One of these other bullpen arms needs a shot to, to pitch weekends because what you've got right now is not enough. That's just my opinion. JP is a Southern Miss fan. Said Rodrigo Montenegro off the bench for an injured catcher. Blake Johnson was a big part of USM's dominance on the bump this week. Three and one in the middle of a tough ten game stretch. No doubt, man. That was a huge series win for Southern Miss. Huge. Uh, we talked about it on the radio show Friday. Some I believe although uh, most people couldn't hear it because baseball covered up like all of our stations. But um, um, the record, UL's record was what, 5-4 and four going in, if I remember correctly, uh, doesn't reflect on how good that team is. It's a good baseball team. It's a, a team that gave Arkansas a run. Uh, what was it? They had Indiana close. It's a good and a tough place to go play as well. Uh, awesome showing for Scott Berry's group. They should be ranked come Monday. They should be. They may not be, but they should be. After beating State in the midweek and winning this series on the road, they should be ranked come tomorrow, but I don't know. Um, Ethan says, I know I previously stated this is baseball season. It's not. It's softball season. Uh, did you see, Ethan? Did you see Furman go to the Southern Conference Championship? I put it out there on Twitter. Some of you got it. Uh, I don't know where John Cohen's thinking. I don't know anything about the soon-to-be-coming search uh, for Ben Howland's replacement. 
I, I don't know who that's going to be. But I do know that there are state fans and even some people that, you know, have a little bit of influence that want Bob Ritchie to be the next head coach at Mississippi State. He took Furman and his best player, his leading scorer anyway, fouled out in the second half and took Furman to the Southern Conference Championship. They were the two seed, by the way. Um, So no fluke here. Just a good, well-coached basketball team. They play really good defense. A couple of really good bigs. One especially really skilled big. Um, It's good, well-coached basketball team. So if, uh, if you're a State fan looking for a little bit of optimism, if that's a guy on your candidate list, it's a hell of a basketball coach. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Furman homer, right? That guy can coach. Wesley's asking how good Ole Miss baseball can really be this year. Um, I think their ceiling is, at the moment, it's not as high as uh, as fans want it to be because I think starting pitching. Now, I, I've, I've, I said that on the radio show, and a, and a couple people pushed back. They're like, well, but the offense is so good. It, it is. It's it's very good. It's probably going to be one of the best in the sport. Uh, I didn't answer the question on Kevin Graham, by the way. Uh, he's getting uh, got some scans this weekend. Seeing a doctor tomorrow. They called it jammed, a jammed wrist. We'll see if that materializes into something greater. Uh, but that's all. That's all I know right now. Um, but it, I think their ceiling is lower because of starting pitching at the moment. Now, again, Gaddis was great. We'll see if if they're able to figure it out. But I thought this weekend kind of showed you what I was talking about last week. And, and I think I, I'm kind of vindicated in, in what I was saying because you saw what happened Saturday when your offense has an off day. That's going to happen, especially in the SEC. Even though league doesn't have these great power arms, they've got better than what you saw on Saturday around the SEC. What happens if your offense does have an off day? You need pitching to win these games as well, and I don't think they're there yet. I think Bianco needs to start, and I think he will possibly. I mean, it needs to happen soon because you're two weeks from SEC play. Uh, needs to start tinkering with the rotation because as it currently sits, I don't believe that they will get to where people want them to go. But I think they have an offense, and I think they have a bullpen where the ceiling is the College World Series competing for a national championship. Offense and bullpen to get them there. Got to figure out what they're going to do at starting pitching. Rebel Man says, I never thought uh, we would lose a game, especially in 12 innings, not scoring one run. Uh, me either, especially if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I said on Friday, <laughs> I said, you're not keeping this Ole Miss offense scoreless for very long. And then the next day, they get held scoreless in 12 innings. Good tweet by me. But no, look, unless that becomes, unless that becomes a habit, then I, I'm not even going to look into... What happened Saturday? I'm not going to read into it or spend really any time on it because that does happen. That is baseball sometimes. You just have those days. And that is an offense filled with guys that you've seen do it at the highest level. You've seen them do it in Super Regionals. You've seen them do it in SEC play. It's the same guys. So one day where they don't hit the baseball sandwiched in between two days where they hit a bunch of home runs and then scored nine runs to win a series, uh, I'm not even going to 
think twice about that. And unless they do this a lot moving forward, sometimes in baseball you just do bad things uh, offensively. It, it's just kind of how how the sport works sometimes. And uh, that's all I'm I'm going to read into Saturday. It's just that's baseball. Had some bad approaches. I mean, it wasn't a good day. It's not like you completely dismiss it as you know no big deal, whatever. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, I just, uh, I'm not looking too far into that. Ramsey says, Brandon Ingram looking like me back in the day. I mean, how casual is that? Just makes a half court shot to go into the locker. Uh, that's amazing. It's, uh, man, he's a really good player. He doesn't get the credit that uh, that he deserves. He's a really good player. T says, "Oh, to be a fan of a good basketball team, can't relate." A Spurs and Ole Miss fan. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, people ask if Ole Miss should make a change and stuff like that. They just had their worst conference record since the 90s and if you do it based on win percentage that was the worst conference season that Ole Miss has had since before I was born and you can talk to me about injuries if you like and it's valid it is valid they had injuries that that hurt but 4 and 14 is 4 and 14 no matter what injuries occurred and when it's your worst conference performance since before I was born by win percentage, you're telling me that in 30 years you didn't have teams with a bunch of injuries that still outperformed that? I'm aware the league is better than it has been in the past, but still. I mean, how, how could you possibly just dismiss 4-14 and 14 because of injuries? Other teams have injuries too. It's part of sports. And, I mean, let's be honest, the team wasn't good before the injuries, they lost to Samford at home. They lost to Boise State. It, yeah, I don't envy Keith Carter's position right now. I uh, I don't. I think that he's got some tough questions that have to be answered, especially if uh, if the transfer portal thing happens, which it tends to happen in college sports now. Brett's asking how Haydad's handling the series loss. Also, does he do a state podcast? Yes, he does. It's called Thunder and Lightning. He and uh, Robbie Falk. He doesn't do it by himself like I have to. But yeah, yeah, Thunder and Lightning. I don't know how he's handling it, truthfully. Mike asking a good question. Should Ole Miss go from right, left, right to left, right, left with Gaddis, Diamond, and Elliott? I would give that a shot next weekend, Mike. Because I don't think, you know, Derek Diamond to me, though, strikes me as a perfect Sunday guy. Uh, he'll throw strikes. He doesn't have a lot of swing and miss, right? He, he doesn't, although he had a bunch of strikeouts on Friday, that's not really his thing. It hasn't been his thing. He strikes me as a perfect Sunday guy. He's going to throw a bunch of strikes. And he's going to give up some runs, but but you know what you're going to get from him on a Sunday. He can eat five innings and give up four runs, and you're still in good position to win games. And with that offense, that's perfect. Um, but that looks good to me. I, I mean, something has to give though here with their rotation. Um, in, in Memphis Rebels, your point, I think it's really only, you got to make a decision on at least one guy. Uh, I, I think you can still have success 
with Derek Diamond. I just don't think he's going to win you many games on a Friday night. That That's kind of where I, it would just be one guy. Uh, I, I would maybe give Elliott a shot. Um, that's probably where I'd start is with him. But what, what sucks for Ole Miss is you go to Auburn in two weeks. And this weekend, by the way, I don't know if you've looked at the weather, but uh, try to have fun at the ballpark this weekend. Bring a heated blanket and your gloves and some other stuff because the weather is going to be just awful uh, this weekend. Just awful. So I... T says, this is the year Ole Miss has improved so much under this new offense. They've, they're focused. They're having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the College World Series. Ethan says, basketball coaching search season. Yeah, it's coming. It's uh, it's coming. And uh, State has a unique situation where they're conducting or going to be conducting two coaching searches. It's not just the men that are going to be looking for a coach. The women, obviously, currently are looking for a coach as well. I don't think it's going to be Novak. I could be wrong, though. But unique situation there. Bob Ritchie, though, if he's on your candidate list, he's a hell of a coach. How did the other top SEC? I Honestly, I haven't looked. Let's see. SEC baseball, I'll tell you. Truthfully, I have not looked much into this. So... Texas A&M beat, or is beating Wichita State right now. LSU is currently playing Baylor. Uh, Florida had a good series with Miami. I know that. Uh, Tennessee smoked Oklahoma today. They're 10-1 and on the season. Uh, Auburn's 11-2. That's going to be really tough for Ole Miss here in a couple of weeks. Obviously, State lost there, too. Uh, South Carolina got swept by Clemson. Uh, Vanderbilt's having a really good weekend in Hawaii. Uh, let's see. This is better. This is a better view. Uh, Kentucky had a good week as well, by the way. Arkansas struggled with Southeast Louisiana. Uh, I don't think Arkansas is particularly good. I, I To tell you the truth, I, I haven't looked at it much at all, so I'll... Uh, I'll have to revert to somebody else on that. I know Florida had a good weekend. I know Vanderbilt's been dominating Hawaii. Auburn had a good weekend. Um, LSU got beat by the number one team in the country yesterday. For whatever it's worth. Uh, Georgia lost the series to Georgia Tech this weekend. So, that's the best I got for you. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, umpiring crew in Orlando was quite bad at least it wasn't a one-sided bad it was a this sucks for everybody bad but yeah that was uh that was bad okay we're gonna have the bunt yeah i did have a a curtain rod malfunction behind me um yeah (laughs) the the uh the little guy was pulling on the curtains and uh, I had this cheap little like magnetic curtain rod because that's a metal door right there, if you can believe it. Even though this is a bedroom, it's a metal door uh, that doesn't have a doorknob. Like they took the doorknob off of the door. I, my previous owners were weird in this house. But uh, yeah, he was pulling on the curtains and that cheap little rod just broke in half. So <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very, very observant you are. Um, 
Yeah, let's have the bunt conversation, right? So in the 11th inning, Ole Miss, I'll give you the play-by-play, actually. I'll pull it up just to make sure that I get this thing right. But I know it was in the 11th inning, and it's 0-0, obviously in extra innings, in the top of the 11th inning. Hayden Dunhurst walked. Calvin Harris was up next. He was uh, in the game. He's been backing up. Hayden Dunhurst, but he's been playing a lot because Dunhurst pulled his hamstring, and he's hitting 500 at this point in the season. And Mike Bianco decides to pinch hit for Harris to have Ben Van Cleve, the 6'3", 270-pound guy that hits singles and is the best bunter on the team. Yes, that is – I'm not making fun. That is actually true. Um, They bring him in to lay down a bunt to get the runner over from first to second, and he grounds into a double play, and then Chatenay grounded out to end the inning, and Ole Miss lost in the bottom of the 12th. That's a classic old-school baseball move. And I tweeted something about it, and I had some old-school baseball people tell me, no, you always bunt in that situation because it puts pressure on the pitcher and stuff like that. Um the numbers say otherwise. And some people don't like analytics and analytics driving decisions or whatever, but the numbers say otherwise. A runner on first in college baseball, a runner on first with nobody out scores more often than a runner on second with one out. The runner on first, let me say it again, the runner on first with nobody out scores more often than the runner on second with one out. That decision, especially taking the bat out of probably your hottest hitter in the early going, uh, I think it's a mistake in and of itself. But the numbers say bunting there, in fact, does not put pressure on your opponent. In fact, it gives your opponent a better chance at getting out of the inning statistically. Now, bunting, if you have runners on first and second with nobody out, bunting them to second and third, good decision or at least a justifiable one. The numbers say it's okay. If you have a leadoff double in that situation and you want to bunt the runner to third, also a more justifiable decision in that moment, the numbers say that that is a fine decision. Um, But first to second, especially what bothers me about that especially is Dunhurst got on because he walked. So so the guy gives you a free base because he couldn't throw strikes, and then you give him an out. You 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 hand him an out when he walked the batter before. Wouldn't you want or, – or isn't there more pressure on a pitcher with a runner on that put him on because he couldn't throw strikes than if you give him a free out and then bunt the guy over to – anyway, the analytics say it's a bad decision. It doesn't feel like a good one, and it didn't work out. Uh, I would say you live and you learn, but, you know. Maybe Bianco should ban the word bunt instead of cold. <laughs> um, yeah, Jason, and I'm glad you said that because I think more people need to uh, – I think that mentality needs to be adopted on our show as well. Because um, I dared say that there's no pressure on Chris Limonis to win this year. I dared say that on the radio show because, I don't know, he just won the school's first national championship in any sport, in any sport, ever, first national championship, ever, in the school's history. 
And I dared say there's no pressure on him to win this year. Oh, yes, there is. There's more pressure. What are you talking about? No, no, there's not. When you win a school's first national championship, you don't have to win the following year or else. There's no pressure on him to win this year. If there is, you guys are nuts. Yeah, they're probably hungover. For, I mean, they lost a bunch from last year's team. Uh, and now, possibly without Landon Sims, they took a step back. You are allowed to have step backs after winning a championship and losing key components off that championship team. You are allowed to do that. You lost your entire starting rotation and your locker room culture-setting leaders. It's okay if the team steps back a little bit. It's not the end of the world. Puff your cigar. You did win the championship recently. Um, generally speaking, as a fan, like I'm, I'm keeping up with the Pelicans right now, right? I would take them winning an NBA championship, and they suck for the next five years. Because, well, we sucked for the last five years and beyond. But I would take a championship and being awful for five years after. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, there's more pressure. No, there's not. There shouldn't be. You guys are nuts. Also, you lost your entire starting rotation in a couple of key pieces. The team stepping back is not time to melt down. It's just what happens sometimes when you lose players after a championship run. Sometimes the guys that step up aren't ready immediately, and that's okay. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean Chris Limonis is bad. I saw somebody in the replies of, of one of State's final score tweets saying, Leaf Scott Fox Hall in New Orleans. Like, are... <sighs> anyway, some that, that's not an indictment on State fans, by the way. All fan bases act like that. It's not just, and it's only a vocal minority. It's okay. They're they're going through some growing pains right now. It's it's okay, Jason. It's going to get in the twenties, man. It's going to get in the twenties. It's March in Mississippi. Get out of here. Um, I do agree. I, I think that. Did y'all see that? What do they call those? They look like mosquitoes, but they're not. Yeah, that just flew right in front of my face. Concerning. Uh, yeah, no, he's another candidate, though. I, I think that because you've seen Elliot start already, you should feel more comfortable giving him that shot. Anyway. Last season will not always have an asterisk. Why? Because NC State? Nah. I don't, I don't agree with that. Ramsey says, I'm really looking forward to that Ole Miss versus Tennessee matchup at Swayze. Great pitching and power hitters on both sides, no doubt. And you'll get to see a guy throw 104. <laughs> Tennessee's very good. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. I mean, big-time weekend. Um, probably a good bit of Vol fans there as well. They tend to travel to Oxford really well for some reason. Attaboy. Attaboy. That's what you should have done. If y'all don't know what he's talking about here... Uh, I'll I'll put the clip on uh, all of our social channels tomorrow about the uh, the Karen that uh, was recently dealt with. Johan says, "I hate bunting, and State has a giant target on its back for being the defending champions. No doubt, they have a target on their back, and they're not as good as they were last year. Right now, today, 
they're not as good as they were or as they were last year right now today. They're, they're not. And, that, and again, that's okay. Um, I saw a lot of people questioning a pitching decision that Chris Limonis made on Saturday. Um, I understand it. I do. I really do. But <laughs> taking Simmons out, uh, look, the reason that State was able to make such a run a year ago was because of how Chris Lamotis managed his pitchers. He didn't overwork any of them. He had so many arms available because so many guys pitched throughout the season and so many guys were fresh and available and experienced. This is how he managed it a year ago. So I understand it was a tight game, all that, you know, game that you felt like you needed to win. But going from... You guys got me? That uh, I accidentally knocked my... uh... my USB out. Check, check. Okay, I'm still there. I accidentally knocked my USB out. (laughs) Uh, Day in the life, right? Let's try this again. There we go. There we go. Sorry. I accidentally knocked my my plug out of the, the computer. Um, but that's, that's how state was so successful last year was because he managed pitchers that way. I understand. Why'd you take Simmons out? Why'd you take Simmons out? I I hear you, but I think we're only saying that because it didn't work and not because that's how he managed his pitchers a year ago on his way to a national championship. I don't think it's the end of the world. Honestly, it's just it's an unfortunate loss, no doubt. But I'm not uh, I'm not blaming Lamonis for uh, for that. It happens, you know, and that's how he manages his pitchers. And it certainly has worked out before. So anyway. All right. Last thing for you. Last thing for you. I appreciate you guys hanging on through that little glitch there. Um, Do you guys see this? So. There's still that lockout in Major League Baseball. You know, the proposal today apparently was the worst one they've gotten. It's all it's all a mess and just a bunch of crap. But I did see that the players uh, have agreed to allow the banning of shift and an implementation of a pitch clock and making the bases larger starting in 2023. Now, the other stuff has to be agreed to for those changes to be implemented, and they won't come until next year. There's been a lot of conversation about the banning of the shift. And and a lot of the baseball purists don't like it. They, they really don't like it. Here's the thing about that, is other sports have designated areas where players can and cannot be. It has happened in the NBA. It has happened in the NFL. You, in football, you can only have a certain number of players on the line of scrimmage. A certain number of players can catch the ball, stuff like that. In basketball, at least in the NBA, a defender cannot be in the lane for longer than three seconds unless he is guarding somebody that is currently standing in the lane. You have the three-point line that was added to basketball. Sports change their rules and even positions 
to help the games evolve. And baseball has not done that. Here's what the thing, what banning the shift can do. Because I hear all the time when we talk about this. Well, just learn to hit it the opposite way. You know, you should just learn to hit it where they're not. That's baseball. Yeah, th- that, that's a very good lesson to teach a middle schooler, right? Is if the pitch is outside, take it the opposite way. If it's inside, pull it out to left. That's, that's a very nice lesson to teach to children, kids learning the game of baseball. But when you're at that level, where you've got guys throwing 95-mile-an-hour sliders, where if they know that you're a pull hitter, they'll just throw you 100 inside and make you pull it. It's not so easy anymore to just hit it the opposite way. They can pitch you away from that. They know your tendencies. They pitch to them. And hitting the ball is so incredibly hard now because of how great the pitchers are. You can't just hit it where they're not. You can't do that. And so what they've decided to do is hit nothing but home runs, strikeouts and home runs. And home runs are a lot of fun, but the games are getting boring because there's no action. Nothing's happening. And kudos to the players for being willing to make adjustments to their game to make them more interesting because the games are too long and nothing happens. Nothing happens, and they're too long. So adding a pitch clock and banning the shift is good for baseball because more things will happen. Guys will start getting base hits again. It won't just be home runs and strikeouts because if you ban the shift, the ball will be in play more, and that's more exciting for the game. Is it not? Is it pure whatever? No, it's not. It's an adjustment. But basketball has made adjustments to its benefit, and football has made adjustments to its benefit. Baseball needs to benefit. Right now, it's boring. It's losing interest. The games are too long. Fans are checked out. I think the players deserve credit for being willing to adjust their game to help it become more exciting. Because just hit it the opposite way, yeah, yeah. When every team's got four dudes that throw 100 miles an hour, Tell me how you can just slap it into right field. Tell me how you can do that. You can't. You can do that in middle school. You can't do that at the major league level. It's a completely different game that these guys are playing. College teams have a bullpen full of dudes throwing 95 plus. Wait till Tennessee comes to Oxford in a couple of weeks. Just wait. Wait Wait till you see the speed that those dudes throw with. And tell me you can just slap it the opposite way whenever you want when you see how fast those guys throw. You can't do it. So the players deserve credit for this to me. They deserve credit because you have to make adjustments to your game to, to fit what it is now. So I appreciate them is what I'm saying. And... I certainly understand if you disagree with the concept, but me as a non-Major League Baseball fan, I don't have a team, but I, I will watch on occasion. It's it's a bad, not a bad product. It's just not a compelling product. How do you make it compelling? Create more action. You want baseball to survive, right? That's how you do it. Anyway. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. 
I appreciate all of you. Is there anything else that is pressing that I missed? Uh, no, I, I don't feel like talking about the Coach K thing tonight. I was kind of planning on it. I thought it was a charade uh, filled with narcissism that other coaches did not get because they retired like normal people. And that's really all I'll say about that. Thank you so much. Uh, subscribe or subscribe to YouTube channel. I can work on YouTube. Don't forget to like the video as well. I would appreciate that very much. Follow on Twitter and Facebook. And I will talk to you guys again on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Wednesday night. I'll, uh, I'll see you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.